Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name is Ray Heron. Myself and Matthew Day Gillett are away recording our uh, Great Rides of New Zealand series. Thanks very much to Motormark. If you've had a dirty weekend, check out motormark.co.nz. Get yourself some of the pink stuff. It is true. No elbow grease cleaner for your motorcycle. You can also get stuff for your lawnmower, your four-wheel drive, your alloy wheels, all sorts of stuff. So check out Motormark motormark.co.nz and I tell you what we'll be getting into the motormark when we get back from our massive Great Rides of New Zealand series we have recorded a couple of episodes we're off recording a couple of more couple more now uh, and so while we're away I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of one Cullum Blackmore from Small Bike Stuff check out Small Bike Stuff on Facebook and the website as well Cullum caught up with Nikki from Lunch Cutter Productions. Now they've both been tripping around the world, they've both never been in the same place at the same time, but Nikki's just finished a 48 state USA motorcycle escapade under the name Kiwi Cruzette. And uh, well, Nikki and Cullum both found themselves in the same place at the same time, so they sat down for a yarn. We hope you enjoy this conversation. And there's a video that goes with it as well. Go to YouTube, search out Small Bike Stuff. Without further ado, take it away, Cullum. Welcome to Small Bike Stuff. I'm not here alone. I've got Nikki. What's up? And uh, if you don't know Nikki already, Nikki's from New Zealand, but she's actually got a YouTube channel and an Instagram profile, and you go by the name of Kiwi Cruzette. That's the one. Yeah. So um, search Kiwi and then start typing cruise, and I guarantee it'll pop up <laughs> uh, on Instagram anyway. And on YouTube, she's made some insane videos. Uh, you just recently got back from the States. Yeah. Yep. You've been uh, in and out of New Zealand as long as I've known you. <laughs> And funny story for me is that I actually um, have never really hung out with Nikki before, but I've known you for about six, seven, eight years now on I the feel internet. Like we've hung out. Yeah, but we haven't. That's not really. Thing. Yeah, social yeah. media is like that, huh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I was living in Southeast Asia. I was living in Thailand, uh, working over there, and you were living in Vietnam at the same time. Yeah. And um, I wasn't really into bikes too much back then. I'd ridden a few back in New Zealand. I didn't really. It wasn't a thing for me. So. Um, I remember becoming friends with you on Facebook somehow, purely, I think, because you were doing the same thing as me. It was that. Yeah. yeah. Someone said, I know someone who's going to Southeast Asia, yeah. here's their Facebook. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and exactly. then when I messaged you, you're like, I'm not even in the same country as you. I was like, no. oh, okay. Uh, dumb. Oh, well. <laughs> but um, when we became friends, I remember having a look at your profile, and there was like a couple of photos of you on motocross bikes and stuff. So you've been around bikes for your whole life, or did you just start on them when you were young? What happened? Yeah, so I was 17 when I first threw my leg over. Um, yeah. I was such a wussy child, so I was actually wouldn't have yeah. I wouldn't have dared actually do it earlier, but they were mm. around me. So um, my dad always had motorbikes, my brother's rode. It turns, I just found out my mum also used to ride. Really? It was really cool. Was yeah. that a secret? Well, it wasn't a secret. It's just that she only did it when she was um, like a, a young woman. So yes. she would have been like 18, 19, yeah. 20. Cool. And then got in an accident, smashed her front teeth out, didn't ride again. Yeah, no, fair enough. Actually, one of my gang members, um, he had a wild accident once and it stopped him from riding and then he came back into it from small bikes. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Some people, yeah, have a massive accident and it's like, heck no, I'm not going to touch them. So dirt bikes and then what, did you like own a road going motorbike or was that first Vietnam first thing? Uh, nah, so I uh, got my dirt bike first. I was 17, um, got confident on that and then I moved to a scooter on the road. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, 
Turns out you can't go on highways on a scooter. No. So I figured that one out pretty quick. Upgraded to a 250. It was a GZ 250. Yep. Love cruises. And um, that allowed me to go on the highways, park right outside university, cheap insurance, yep. cheap, all awesome. that stuff. And I rode 250s all the way through um, the rest of my uni days, all the way through Vietnam, yeah. <laughs> Mongolia, which we'll talk about soon. Yeah, that yeah. was a 150. It was a yeah. shiny Ray Mustang. Battle, battle yeah. works. But then now I'm on a uh, 650. So awesome. I wouldn't go any higher than that, though. No, exactly. I like so you started bikes. on, yeah, exactly. And I mean, small bike stuff is about small bikes, but I like bikes of all sizes. If you know me well, you know I work in a motorcycle shop and five days out of the week I'm generally riding giant Harley Davidsons and sports bikes and things like that. So. Uh, no discrimination. No, nah, no nah, discrimination is limitation. If you discriminate oh, like against that. anything, you're just <laughs> limiting yourself. Like, what's the point in being like, I don't like that? You can just limit yourself if you want to. That's cool, but not me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you lived in Vietnam. Uh, it's it's an interesting place. Um, everything you can find in a Western country you can find over there, but some of the attitudes can be totally different. And I remember yeah. you posting once about going on a ride, maybe up to Muay Nay to the beach or something like that, and you were saying people were just staring at me, all the guys looking at me left, right, and centre. <laughs> Here's this blonde chick with short shorts on. <laughs> all the gear all the time. No and rules no, over there. No, yeah. yeah. And I'm riding to and from the beach. And uh, when you went over there, was it like, hey, I'm going to get a big bike? Because in Southeast Asia, that was a big bike. You had a... Yeah, I had a Dalem 250. A, a Dalem 250 bike. cruiser. Yeah. And and over there, generally, you've got a 110 or a 125 twist and go or a semi-automatic. And whole family goes on it. We know the story. But you had a, bit, <laughs> you, you had a big bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were staring at me because of the bike, but like, and maybe the short shorts. But I was staring at them because on their mopeds, they're carrying panes of glass and big crates of beer and yeah. like their dog, their mm. goat, and all their children. Mm. So, like, you know, they're very, very skilled. The reason why I didn't get the moped um, was because I had been riding around on this GZ250 in New Zealand, and yeah. I was just, ah, oh, you do need a little bit more throttle if you're going to be doing road trips. And yeah. I was doing, like you say, up to Moine, good memory, by the way. Thanks. Um, and I do um, road trips uh, most weekends. But that being said, I would ride with girls. Girls yeah. on mopeds, so yeah. it wasn't. Re- I didn't really need it, but it's hard to go down, down in CCs. Yeah, it's really hard to do, <laughs> and that's the true tale sign of someone who's been riding bikes for a long time. If they've got a whole ton of big bikes, but there's still a small bike in the shed, you can tell they've been riding for ages because eventually you just go back. Is it like yeah. a circle? Yeah, it is. Well, you've, you've got a tiny little Honda. SS50 I still. do my yeah. SS50 you're right yeah. and I'm, I almost took that on this trip I'm about to embark on yeah I know that would have been incredible super impractical but yeah. we love that absolutely so <laughs> um, basically your biking history is pretty interesting uh, I've just been I lived in Southeast Asia from 2004 13, 2015. So I lived there for two years. Mm-hmm. And then I came back to New Zealand and you never came back. You came back <laughs> You came back for holidays and things like that. But uh, generally, you were somewhere. I was hooked. I'm a travel bay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Canada, oh. Vietnam. Um, you were in the States for a while. Did you do a whole bunch of riding in Vietnam? Or did you... So you say you went away around every single weekend. Yeah. Moine is pretty close. I'm yeah. going to throw up a map on the screen at this oh, point. Oh, dope. Why yeah, not? No, I, did a, I did the full length. So I actually put my bike on a train. Uh, and I uh, went to Hanoi, then yep. I drove further up, right up to the border of China, yep. and then drove all the way down. And this was with six of my closest friends. But they were friends from different walks of life. So yep. I put out a Facebook post. I said, hey, I'm about to do this. Hot. It was a month-long trip, top to bottom. Yep. Who wants to come? 
Lots of people. Yeah, lots yeah, of people. Yeah, lots yeah. of people want to come. Yeah. I wouldn't do it again. It was great, but the, what happens is you end up having to really mediate among people. Yeah, and you, it's, do. you know what? It's something you should do once. Um, but, you know, someone is in charge of maps, and then that person, if mm. they get it wrong, then someone's mm. sad and they want to stop toilet break, food break. Um, someone wants to sleep in a nicer hotel than the one <laughs> yeah. we've ended up at. A lot of complaining, a yeah. lot of compromise, and that's actually good for you to learn. But then, once you build your confidence with a group of people, yeah. who help you? you out you know you get yeah. the amount of times we had to tow each other oh i know i know right it's, it's just insane you know you gotta I, have those people around exactly in southeast <laughs> asia i i did a uh recently and you've seen the video if you watch this channel malaysia to thailand um nothing really on the scale of what you did but still it was three friends um going over and riding long distance in, in, in that kind of area and doing the same thing and i kind of had organized it all i'm really uh some of my friends would call me bossy sometimes, <laughs> but I just know what's realistic from having lived over there. Yeah. Uh, and we were going to a part of the world where I spoke a little bit of the language and another part where I'd been to before and they'd never been. So it's I understand that dynamic. For me, I just kind of said, all right, we're doing this today. Does anyone want to do anything else? And usually the answer was, we don't know what else there is to do. So and having a leader is great. Yeah, no, it the was, worst is having six people who don't want to be the yeah, leader. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, that's something I'm probably going to pursue in the future. Well, um, if, if last year had planned out a different way, I would have um, had completed my first trip already with a whole bunch of people. Oh, like bike tours. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yes. I yeah. would I would do that. Pay to yeah. be on Callan's bike tour. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, through Southeast Asia, there's a lot of border hopping and stuff you can do when the world's normal. And uh, if you're watching this in like 50 years, you're like, what do you mean the world's normal? <laughs> <laughs> Google 2020. Oh, you'll find out. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a really cool part of the world. The countries are all similar. Um, in some ways, but they're all completely different from each other in, in other ways. Yeah. You've, you've been everywhere. You did Burma, Myanmar as well, did oh, you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, we rented biking. bikes. No, did... we rented bikes. I mean, okay. we. I just met random people at the hostel. Should we rent bikes today? Yes, let's do it. Um, and there were little electric bikes, though, but but mopeds, electric yeah. mopeds. Okay, cool. I haven't really seen them around here. No, no, not huge. Uh, no. Ahead of the time over yeah. in Myanmar. Absolutely. Yeah, but uh, all those, like, sort of Southeast Asian countries, they all sort of get around on two wheels. I mean, yeah, it's not. 100%. Like, roads are not built no. for. And that's one. You're right. You're right. Tiny. And that's one of the things I learned when living. I was living in Thailand. Is that um, people say, "Oh, you live there. You ride here in New Zealand. You ride there. Where do you feel more comfortable?" <laughs> <laughs> Southeast Asia, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah I mean, no doubt about it. They're good drivers. If everyone, well, it's not necessarily they aren't. <laughs> not they are. <laughs> a lot of people are good drivers. I mean, in a lot of those countries, cars are quite new. Um, but the big thing I found is that every single person, whether they're in a car, a truck, a bus, or on a motorcycle, they've ridden a motorcycle. Whereas over here in a Western country, I'd say less than 20% of the people actually physically ride their own motorcycle or have, or even touch a motorcycle in their whole life. They're and not then, looking for us here, are no, they? There's and a over lot there, of cars hitting bikes in here yeah. and in the States. There, mm. it's like everyone knows to look for motorcycles and you can anticipate people's movements there. Yeah. It's insane. You go exactly. around a roundabout and you think, like, you really think I'm going to yeah. have to claw my way out yeah, of this thing, yeah, 100%. it just works. It works, it just 100%. Works. If, if you hesitate, that's when you're causing the accidents. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any accidents in Asia? Um, no, I don't know. I mean, you know, I could have and I'll just blank them out. I mean, you always have like a couple, you know, like little bumpy bumps, but I never rode off a bike. Um, you know, you drop them occasionally, you mm. take a bit of a shifty turn, but no, I've never actually had any major bike accidents, okay. touch wood. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a very chilled out rider though. You yeah. might be a bit more extreme. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm extreme. I'd just say uh, when I was living in Southeast Asia, I'm a young man. Um, young that man. part of your brain hasn't kicked in where you're like, I need to live forever yet. 
And so <laughs> she's just hammering Invincible. it everywhere. I used to commute um, an hour to work in an hour home um, along the main road between Bangkok and Pattaya, which is a highway. I lived like kind of halfway between those two cities. Um, I tell people I lived in Bangkok, I actually kind of lived in the next province over. <sighs> Secrets out. Oh, um, yeah, fake just, news. Just that clout. Sounds better. Yeah, I lived in Bangkok. I tell everyone I live at the yeah. Mount too, which is like the cool yeah. part of where we actually live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same here. Uh, only overseas though. I, I noticed over there that... Um, oh, it's hard to say. How do I put it? Um, I got knocked off once in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It was equally me just undertaking everyone and going in between everyone, but it was also the car in front of me not looking at all, and uh. they just pulled into a side road, and I went straight into them. Thailand's got this weird road rule where you have to be on the left side of the road if you're on a motorcycle. Uh. If there's ever a checkpoint anywhere, like you better have your cash ready if you're not on the left side of the road. They will stop you, and they'll take your money. No. Think about um, it, you're right. You have yeah. to be on the left side of the road. The trucks are on the right. You don't yeah. want to be there anyway. No, 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 you don't. And my bike wasn't really faster than the traffic anyway. But, yeah, I, I remember commuting to and from every single day um, through the hectic pollution. And, and oh, I never, yeah. I, I look back on those times with great memories. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. We've probably all got cancer in our lungs now. Yeah. We're huffing on those truck views. Yeah, I used, to, dirty. <laughs> I used to wear a white <laughs> shirt to work every day. And um, it was hot. So I'd just be like, I'll just wear this white button-up shirt. And I did it once. And it was like grey by the time I got to Ew, work. And it was sweaty too. Yeah, it was disgusting. Stop. Yeah, yeah. It's different. Oh, it's different, man. isn't it? Okay, so Vietnam was awesome. Um, then you left Vietnam. Left and Vietnam. Went, yeah. Um, went to Canada straight away. Oh, no, I did like a little ticky tour around Europe. Did that whole like you know mm-hmm. put your backpack on. I taught English around Europe. Yep. Um, a lot harder than teaching in Vietnam. Let me tell you, the students in Asia want to be there. Yeah. European students want to party instead. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, but that was cool. I got to see some of Europe. Um, and then uh, full. Oh, I did like India as well. Yeah. And um, didn't bike there, but I've seen a lot of people doing amazing trips through oh, India. There's some incredible parts that you can ride through um i mean the whole country's insane um a friend of mine once again internet friend ed march uh he's he's done a ton of riding on a honda c90 a little cub he did uh malaysia to uk overland um and at that point it was 2009 or 12 one of those two years i can't remember which one but um it was hard to ride through myanmar at that point Mm. he had to ship his bike from thailand to india and he was riding through india and he's got footage of like going down the highway in the middle of nowhere, um, and a truck's just in front of him, and start, oh, sorry, starts passing him, and then gets in front of him and just flips. And <gasps> and it's the most mind-blowing thing you've ever seen. Like a truck flips? Yeah, just flips for no reason. Um, kind of just starts swaying and then flips over, and um, the, the footage all stops, and he explains afterwards oh that, gosh. yeah, he got accosted by the locals. <laughs> And um, they were like, you, you must have caused it. You're, you're, you're the foreigner here. And um, he pulled out the camera and showed them. They're like, oh, sorry. Oh. On you go. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I I actually, when I got knocked off in Southeast Asia, um, I didn't do any damage to that car. I literally just kind of like came off because of, I was trying to avoid them. I just got on my bike and rode away. I was too scared to stop. Oh, don't you? Yeah, don't stop. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Yeah. If, you, if there's, you know, actually the rule in Vietnam was if you see cops, drive faster, get out of there because they'll try to take your bike. If they get your keys, yeah. you will owe them as much money as they ask from you and yeah. you better pay it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. it's kind of a little bit sick actually and we shouldn't be advertising the fact that there is like the unspoken rule but it, yeah, it, it, it was it, at the time. It does exist. Um, and they will whack you with their batons if yes, you don't stop. So, you they, know. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was think in... Think smart. Think quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In early 2020, before the world shut down, I was lucky enough to be still overseas in Southeast Asia. I uh, went on a quick holiday, and I was in Chiang Mai, northern Thailand, and uh, riding a motorcycle, and it was the one day I didn't have my international driver's license in my pocket, and they only care in the big touristy towns, mm-hmm. um, but they did. They stopped me on the side of the road. We did a license. I pulled it out. My New Zealand full motorcycle license, and they were like, no, it's not the international license. 500 baht. I tried flexing with my local language skills and everything. Like, come on, this is ridiculous. No. And I just realized after about probably 15 seconds of opening my mouth and the look on his face changing that I just got up and just walked over and started handing over the money. Um, And this wasn't a dodgy bribe. I I didn't have the right thing I was meant to have. Mm. It is the law over there. Um, and, and it was only 20 bucks. New yeah, Zealand. it's the price you pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things. But I mean, you went to Mongolia. Yes. And you you yeah. did motorcycling around there. I now, did. um, if, once again, this guy, Ed, that I talked to, he's done a couple of Mongolia trips. Now, what he did is he flew a whole bunch of people to Mongolia and they bought bikes in a local market. Mm-hmm, you can, yeah. And they rode back to the UK. Um, but how did you get your bike? What did you do? Why, yeah. why Mongolia? Okay, so my brother he's also an intrepid rider so he actually was the one that really like got the cogs turning on so I'd done off-road riding I'd done on-road riding I'd never done adventure riding it's a whole different kettle of fish he had done Mongolia I picked him up on the at the airport when he did his trip this is the first one and I just saw like this total radiance coming from him he was just glowing so he went before you he did he did it before me and I said right then and there I said I want to do the trip you did and he wanted to do it again at some (laughs) point you know and uh, so it was 2018 I think and uh, I said to him, I have some time off. I'm going to Mongolia. Or maybe he said that he was going to... Anyway, we ended up in Mongolia together. And so he already had that knowledge um, of what to do. So yeah. um, we rented the Shine Rays, little Chinese bikes, yeah. farm bikes. They are beasts. You think like, oh, this is going to be impractical. It's perfect because mm. everyone rides them. There's parts galore. People yeah. know exactly how to fix them. Um, we rented them. People do buy them and then they flip them for you know half the price when they yeah. return back. Okay. I honestly would probably recommend that. Um, my brother ended up having about eight, nine punctures. I had a pretty sweet bike, but um, you would have less drama with a new one. And what is it like? You're paying five hundred dollars. Yeah, maybe. maybe yeah, grand. maybe. And then you and then you sell it for five hundred. So you're only paying five hundred dollars for a motorcycle. Yeah, which is cheap rental, really. It is cheap yeah. rental. So we did three weeks. We um, just went. Actually, we didn't even stay together. We spent the first week and a half together before we just we realized we did not mess Siblings, well. no, not happening. No, yeah. and we had discussed it. We already knew that we weren't like, we never really got along like amazingly. So we made a deal. We're like, mm. look, if we get to a point where we okay. can't handle each other, we'll split up. And, and that happened. It happened. But it was okay. I was like, no hard feelings. But um, I think that he was actually pretty mm. impressed. So he had taught me, you know, how to tie like the right knots around awesome. my luggage and, you know, how to read the map. We had this big paper map. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how to do like, and there's no roads. We would literally just be driving I across. Every, trip, every trip I've done, I'm lucky enough yes. I can just throw my phone on my mount. I've got 4G reception usually. Even in, <laughs> even in Thailand or Vietnam, you've got really good phone reception the whole time. Yeah. And you just kind of, not the whole day, but you just be like, I want to go here. Oh, that's the general route. Sweet. Yeah. But you're not. We had none of that. Just, we had a pavement and I'd say, okay, I want to go to like Hat Gal, which is a beautiful lake. And so you'd get, like, your directions on your phone and you'd just make sure that you're, like... Because you have the GPS satellite and you just make sure your blue dot is going in that direction. You go across, like, you know, big open steps, like, (laughs) sandy plains, uh, mountains, grasses, uh, and... 
it was this is how I describe it. It's like being the first person on earth. Yeah. There's no rows. Mm. Of course, there's nomads, and they're actually everywhere. You can't see them all the time. But when yeah. you set up your tent, you just throw it up anywhere. They will. They're very curious. You'll see them. They'll poke over the hills. Yeah. See their little silhouettes. Sometimes they'll ride past on a horse. Yeah. Very curious. Not nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. And in fact, um, when we rented the bikes, the lady said, you know, you can go up to there. They're called Gers. Gers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You can go up there, and they won't. And you do a lot of charades. Yeah. You know. You just sort of say, you know, me, tent, next to you, and yeah. they love having yeah. you. Yeah, You're yeah, such yeah. a novelty. And usually you bring a couple of little trinkets that you give to their kids, yeah. and awesome. they'll give you vodka, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, Mongolia is this beautiful fusion of Chinese and Russian. Chin culture yeah. just all <laughs> together. <laughs> mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I did that on my last night. So I had spent a week and a half alone. I went to the Gobi Desert on my own, and of course at that point, like... Didn't my your chain come off or My something? chain fell off, and here's... Here's the thing that people will probably find mind-boggling. I'm not mechanically minded at all. Yeah. I could not fix a bike if my life depended on it. Mm. I love riding it, but I keep the economy going with mechanics, bills, and yeah. tow trucks. Thank you. I work at a motorcycle shop. Can't fix it. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, here we go. Actually, I have a couple of bikes I need you to look at. Come. Yeah, no problem at all. We'll sort it out. But yeah, so you, what did you do? Your chain's off in the middle chain's of nowhere. Chain's off, middle of nowhere. So I had to set my tent up because it was getting dark. Set my tent up and, um, you know, this was, oh, this was a very memorable moment because I was alone and I could... It, oh, your mind plays tricks on you. You're yeah. in this tent, it's dark, and I heard these, like, this sound. And I peek out of my tent and it's a, it's a herd of wild horses. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the moon's out. Yeah. You can see their manes flowing. I'm majestic like, and lovely. Yeah. so majestic. I immediately felt at peace. They were chewing the little grass all around my tent. I fell asleep. I said, if they're here, there's nothing scary out yeah, here. Yeah. So the next day I woke up and I, and I realized I had this chain. I couldn't fix it myself. I had to walk. So I had downloaded all the maps on my phone for Mongolia so I could see okay. there was a camp 10 kilometers away. So I put my hat on, my little sun cloth, and I just walked. I walked and walked and walked. Hours later, I arrive at the camp just as this convoy of jeeps rocks up. So really? there's people that travel through Mongolia like fancy. Yeah, okay. And so had I waited, I could have just tagged a ride with these yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, but no. But, you know, that's how it works. You gotta... The story's better this way. Yeah. yeah. So I rock up at this camp at the same time as this convoy of, you know, rich tourists show up. And, and through charades, you know, I was sort of explaining that this I've got this chain. Chain's fallen off. I yeah. show them a photo of my tent. Show them the map. And they go, what? You're here alone? You're yeah. Get in the car. So yeah. get in the car. Two minutes later, you know, they hammer it on and I'm off. And I go to the next town. I buy a new chain. Awesome. Good. You know, and I pay a local guy who's just sitting outside a restaurant. You know, he chucks it on using a stone. We don't have any tools. Yeah, so my brother's taking the tools. <laughs> <laughs> so lovely. Thanks. But yeah, yeah, we're off. We're off. And that's actually a big theme, right? So there's always going to be people that will be willing to help you. Yeah. Sure, you might need a little bit of money or, you know, whatever. Mm. Uh, if you have a bit of time up your sleeve, never, ever leave yourself without a little bit of leeway on trips like these. Yeah. Um, and a patience, a lot of patience. Yeah. And just faith that no matter what, yeah. you will come out of this okay. You know, of course, there's like a 0.1% chance you'll be you like won't. murdered for your organs. But I don't don't think about that. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. No, not yet. Hasn't yet. The biggest yeah. theme of all my trips is human kindness. People yeah. want to help. They're curious. What you're doing to them is fascinating. Yeah, exactly. They want to be, exactly. They want to be part of it. The That's story that you're going to tell will have them in it. One of the most common questions I got asked that I did not expect to be asked when I rode through Malaysia and Thailand, and Malaysia especially because they um, speak 
uh, well, there's two main ethnicities there, ethnic Malay and then Chinese Malay. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got the Indian Malay as well. So there's three. Um, and every single one of them speaks a little bit of English. Some of them speak really fluent. Some of it's kind of pidgin English. But almost every single person we came across would say to us, are you guys mechanics? <laughs> and we say, why? And they say, well, why would you ride a motorcycle? <laughs> This small, that far, if you're not a mechanic, you'd have to be stupid. And you're like, no, we're not. We're not mechanics. And but you are a mechanic. No, no, no. I'm a service manager. I just tell the mechanics what to do. Oh. It's, it's, it's a lot easier. The mechanics get all the, all the um, full representation of skills. I just kind of know what they're doing in some respects mm -hmm. and um, just try and make it happen smoothly. Um, but without them, I'd be nothing. And, yeah, I, I work on all my own bikes for sure. Um, but people that do motorcycle... Mechanicking, mechanicking is a job. <laughs> That's the right word. Yeah, you see, you can tell I'm not one. Um, <laughs> but you don't let that stop you doing these trips. No, hundred percent. Same no. as me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you we did, then you'd never do anything. We took a, a small um, generic toolkit um, and it went on one bike, and there's three of us, and we used it. We did use it on the first day, and we used it on the second to last day. Uh, I got one puncture, and that was it. And did you we do in, your own tire? No, we we're, were near a shop. Perfect. Just rolled straight yeah, in. Like well, I, I lied. Four bucks. We had stopped at a Seven Eleven for lunch because there's nothing else around and we're starving. <laughs> and you just kind of get to the... Dope. They're really good. And stopped there and then I remember looking all over the ground and there was just like uh, chicken bones everywhere because people obviously <laughs> eat from the carts outside the Seven Eleven and just throw their rubbish away. And I looked at them and then, anyway, riding around a corner about two hours later, I was like, man, it just feels weird. <laughs> and I looked down and my tire's about half, half, half height and I'm like, okay, I've got a puncture, put motorcycle... Um, mechanic or motorcycle shop into my maps on Google in southern Thailand and nothing's coming up oh, and no. um, we just kept riding went off the main highway I saw a shop with an air compressor and I was like tire and he was like pointed and it was truck tires so he just <laughs> pumped my wheel up and I had like another half an hour so we kept riding down the road and eventually we saw a little shop and they sorted us out but uh, like we, we we used the tools so little that at the end of the trip, we were staying in this nice place in Bangkok. Um, at the end of the trip, we always spoil ourselves, get us somewhere nice. And um, they had a security guy downstairs, and we're like, hey, do you want our toolkit? And he was like, no. Nah. <laughs> we're like, what? He's like, once again, what? I'm not a mechanic. I pay someone to do my work. It's yeah. so cheap over there to get um, so mechanic work done. We eventually managed to give it off to one of the other security guards. But, yeah, just it blew my mind that they were like, well, why should I work on my bike? Why do I have to when there's 60 like shops me. around? Yeah. Oh, yeah it's, I wish. yeah, it's a bit more expensive to get your bikes repaired in New Zealand. God. And in the States, it was like, not only was it expensive, but they were all booked out because mm. COVID hit and everyone thought, great, I've got, well, these are the people that didn't lose their jobs. Plenty of people mm. kept their jobs, started working from home, had a bunch of disposable income, a whole bunch of time, yeah. and they needed a safe activity they could do alone. Everyone bought motorbikes. Yeah. And then everyone broke their motorbikes and the mechanics got booked out yeah. nationwide. It was sure. like impossible for me to find someone yeah, to yeah. help me i completely i saw that a couple of times you got yeah. uh were you in the middle of a what a national park maybe and you got a puncture? yeah yellowstone yeah yeah well that was my fault because that tire was bald 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 yeah. i was pushing it i ordered a set of tires <laughs> six hours away and i was yeah. just like i had actually called people where i was i called around it was a monday apparently no shops are open on mondays okay, do you know, know about that, that? no no clue. okay well over in the states they um they all go riding yeah. on Sunday, Monday, yeah, and they okay. keep the shop open Tuesday to Saturday. Fair enough. Anyway, I'm riding through Yellowstone, pop, oh no. So I pull over, and mm. I have roadside assistance, of course, but um, because I'm in a national park, no siree, they can't get their tow trucks in. It's not allowed, like a it's bureaucracy a thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, it was okay. kill me now, and I'd already paid for the service, so in the end, I, I had to use the one tow truck company that they let you use. Okay. $600 later, they tow me to the entrance yeah, of the park, not that. to a mechanic. No. 
Yeah, so they dumped me there. And of course, it's like, it, by this point, it's midnight. And yeah. I was stressed out because this is an active grizzly bear population. Yeah. And I'm by myself. I am, it's middle of, the, middle of the night at that point. Before the tow truck came up, I was in a bush, had my little, um, I have bear spray in one hand. You know, I have, I have an air horn in the other. And I'm in a bush because yeah. I'm like, I want to be visible for the tow truck. But there's so many cars going past. The last thing I want is for someone to see me yeah. with a puncture alone, like mm. vulnerable. Because yeah. it's America at the end yeah, of the day so yeah, yeah. I was just looking out for the big tow truck lights mm. and when he showed up out I jumped <laughs> and yeah. I think I gave him a fright yeah excellent absolutely. Yeah. and in case you um, I kind of jumped the gun there about asking about that but yeah Nikki oh, just did a giant yeah. it doesn't matter Nikki just did a giant trip like and I'm talking colossal around the United States and I would argue that a lot of American people themselves will never ever ever do something like that mm. in their life and that's no discredit to them not many people get this opportunity no. you are super lucky um, and and it's cool that you're taking this opportunity and taking advantage of it and doing something cool your attitude to writing is insane and I, I've always been really really impressed with that and not just your attitude to writing but in life in general you're a very positive person Thanks, and it's nice to see because not everyone is. <laughs> yeah. And um, especially the fact that you have got so many cool opportunities and you just take them and run with them. Uh, you're one of the few people I know that's ever... Uh, I might edit this out depending on how sensitive it is. <laughs> it's not bad at all, but I just don't know whether it's safe to talk about it or I should. But you're one of the only people I know that's won the green card lottery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's insane. To me, I was like, I've heard about it. And then, like, <laughs> I've won it. And I'm like, what? Isn't that, like, a thing in movies? Well, you yeah, can yeah. win it very easily if you're a New Zealand or Australian citizen because yeah. we're only competing against people that apply from the slice of the world. Okay, Guess cool. what? How many people apply from these countries? Not nah, many. Especially not many. now. Yeah. Especially now. And, and as a as a Kiwi um, in the states, you can get six months, I think, if you just fill out a form online, something like that. Esta, Esta. Oh yeah. Visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, something like that. You can just get um, six I months, I months. think. Oh, maybe just three it's months. Pretty pathetic. But I mean, three months. It's it's long enough for most Kiwis because they only want to go yeah, away for a short time. Yeah, but if you want to do a motorbike trip, yes. good luck doing it in three months. Yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> Yeah, let's get to that. You did a trip in the United States. Uh, you lived in Vietnam. You went around Europe. You ended up in Canada. Yes, I did a couple of years in Canada until my visa there ran out. Yeah. I adore Canada. Montreal, shout out. That's yeah. my real French, home. right? It's French. Yeah. I shouldn't say my real home. It's my other home. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not allowed back there because I've outstayed my two-year visa. But yes, I yeah. never spoke French, but they didn't mind. No, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's really, really cool. It's a part of uh, North America that most people outside of, I guess, Canada don't really hear or talk about. Yeah. Like, it's just some of the... Actually, one bad thing about it is they get so much snow and ice, you can't have a motorcycle there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's the lame. Snowmobiles. Snowmobiles, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I've got a uh, family member. My cousin um, lives uh, in the United States, and yeah, he's just snowmobile mad. Um, yeah, that's his whole life. And I've, I didn't realize, and, and really ignorantly, like I didn't realize that that was such a big thing. Every, of course, every single motorized form of transport has a massive following. So you went to the states. Yeah. Um, you worked for a massive company there. Mm -hmm. um, COVID came along. By job. <laughs> and uh, I remember talking to you at the time and you were like, this has happened. I, we talked before it happened. We were messaging back and forth and you were going, look, this might happen. I might lose my job. I'm thinking of doing a massive trip. Um, I'm thinking of doing it on my Savage. Um, <laughs> it's got a lot of miles on it. <laughs> She's do you, old. Do you think it'll make it? I want to do the whole of the USA. And I actually remember thinking like, hmm, that's a bit brave. <laughs> like not the trip. The trip was fine. But on that bike, I was like, oh, I don't know. Just having worked in a motorcycle shop and... Um, 
you can get ten of the same bike lined up, and ten of them can, uh, five of them can be perfect, three of them can be absolutely crap, and mm. two of them will be okay, but they keep having problems. Mm. And it just comes down to previous ownership and stuff like that. So you used the bike not because it was cool, and you're like, hey, I want that bike. That was just your bike. I just had that bike. Yeah. That was my commuter. That's how I got from home to the office. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was a '96 Suzuki Savage, otherwise known as a Boulevard, I think over here. Yeah. S40. Or an LS. LS650. Yeah, yeah, it was bright sunshine yellow. I actually, when I first moved to San Francisco I, from Montreal, I said, yes, finally I can get a motorbike. And I went on Craigslist, and this one looked so nerdy. It had its yeah. windscreen. It was like, I don't know. There was just nothing appealing about it, yeah. which is why no one bought it. And yeah. it was on there, and I just kept going back to it. And it was a lady owner, and she uh, had actually okay. equipped it with all the stuff you need for touring. Yeah. Had a cigarette lighter input, mm. had a uh, Corbin seat, so yeah. comfortable. You know, had fog lights. It was actually, and, and hard case saddlebags yeah, yeah. it was perfect but i was buying it for a commuter so i yeah. was commuting in back and forth back and forth and uh and then when i lost the job i didn't have a ton of money i got paid a little bit out in severance oh, okay. which is why i was like cool okay i can afford to at least do something now yeah. but i couldn't afford to buy a like a dual no. purpose you know no. nice you know thing that was really really meant for a 48 state motor camping <laughs> trip and i did come to you because i knew that you would at least yeah. give me some sound advice yeah. um and and the, <laughs> i think people were just like well if it breaks down, it's a six. It's a sixteen hundred dollar bike. Yeah, you just ditch that thing, buy another one, get a different one, and that buy was it. One. And I think that's a real awesome thing that you've gone there. Um, the old Kiwi attitude: run what you brun. Uh, What's that uh, one? Run what you brun. Yeah. <laughs> this is what this is what I got. Yeah. So oh this is what I'm going to use, and it is what it is, and. Basically, we a lot of us have that attitude in the small bike community mm -hmm. here in New Zealand. Um, we will just ride whatever, anywhere, and it's quite entertaining. Not funny, but entertaining to see sometimes, you know, online commentary and, oh, someone will ask, hey, is this particular off-road route possible on my 1200cc BMW? And they'll reply, <laughs> yeah, 45 of us rode it, like, last week on... 150cc maximum bikes and uh yeah we had no problem at all yeah um so that's that's really awesome and it's 650 savage that's like a big single cylinder in case you don't know a thumper um it's got a belt drive i think yes. not a chain yeah belt drive i got yeah. that thing replaced too it did had you? never been replaced so okay i did have to get work done and i had to stop at several places you had a now, big failure didn't you well it wasn't a failure so here's like, i actually got had by a lot of mechanics they could smell my uh inability from a mile away they yeah. knew but you know what? I didn't care. I was doing this trip, and it didn't matter what happened along the way. Yeah. I was gonna do it. So um, I, I met some amazing mechanics. Though, and one of them was in South Dakota. I took my bike in with an oil leak. The Savage notoriously leaks oil, and no matter what you do, it will leak. Yeah. But this one, I thought, you know, it was dripping onto my um, my engine. And it was really just smoking, and I was yeah. like, I can't. We need to have a look at this. Yeah. Dropped it in. They said, Oh, it needs to. Um, what do they say? Oh, we need to do all the gaskets. Okay. No, all the gaskets. All the gaskets. Yeah, okay, so Fine. Do all the gaskets. Paid $900. And then they put the bike back together and then they run it and they go, oh, actually, this piston shot. Yeah. Top end rebuild. And I was like, what? Yeah. No. And they said, look, we should have checked that. Yeah, they we won't have. charge yeah. you awesome. for pulling it apart, but mm. we will. you obviously will need to pay to get the cylinder board out, new piston and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Another 900 So this is the price that I paid for the bike. <laughs> and I was really weighing shit up. I'm like, okay, should I trade or trade it and dump the thing? I remember thing? that. I remember yeah. that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dump the thing. Or should I get the work done and then, fingers crossed, I have what would be like... A new lease on life with yeah, this thing. Exactly. And I'm glad that I did. Yeah. And after that, she ran like a dream. The yeah. oil leak 
was there. Yeah. <laughs> the it's same just, oil lick I went in with was still feature. there. It's a feature. It's a feature. Yeah. Much like the screaming breaks, yeah. they're also always there. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? She lasted me the rest of the trip. We did... Um, you did 48 states. And in case 48 states. you don't know much about the United States, that's everywhere you can get to without <laughs> going outside, over water or over into another country. Yeah, That's everywhere. Every, and yeah. that was the mission. Yeah. Um, very poor time planner here. What I happened that. is like, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> no like, offense, by the way. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I had a mechanic where I started. He really checked the bike top to bottom before I left. He said that he was following me and he was just like, you're never going to make it at this pace. You're spending 10 days in Washington, 10 days in Nebraska. Why are you doing that? Why are you spending 10 days in Nebraska? You have to get to Texas. Yeah. And as it happened, I had to spend one day in Texas because I was rushing that whole southern you know, yeah. line of states. So You were chasing snow at one point. Was that further yeah, onto the Yeah, it was trip? in the north. So yeah. I got stuck in a snowstorm in Vermont. Okay. I was also having to deal with COVID. So the north, uh, sorry, New England, which is the northeastern mm. segment, they would not let you stay overnight so i had this crazy plan that i would do all eight i think of the new england states in one go no way woke up at like the butt crack of dawn off i went and i got hit with rain and snow i remember following on that when that was happening yeah bad news anyway mm. needless to say i did stay overnight there but i made sure to stay in a place where um there was no other people so yeah. i've been camping this whole time i couldn't camp in the snow but I've, this is the spirit of motor mm. camping mm. i met a dad and a son at a gas station in wyoming or maybe it was south dakota somewhere random we're both riding motorbikes which means we're instantly like on we're yarning yeah, away, yeah, yeah. on one yeah and they said in passing, we have this place in Vermont if you ever need it. And I had jotted down their details. Yeah, yeah. And I found myself in Vermont in a snowstorm. It's getting dark. I'm so this is, um, Take sounds three. sounds like I'm starting this video again, but I'm not. I'm experimenting with this setup. Hi, everyone. I just made this in the last Ooh. week. Um, the white's a bit annoying in the film, whatever. It's cool. But we were in Vermont and yeah. you got the details from someone. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I And you're like, message. You'd, you'd met them. Stuck in a snowstorm. Yeah. I this met them the like months time. ago. Yeah. I met them months ago. And, yeah. I, and they had said this throwaway comment about how they had a place in Vermont. Should I ever need it? Yeah. <clears throat> and I said, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm going to be yeah. passing through Vermont because yeah. I can't stay. Took down their details. Lo and behold, find myself in Vermont. Snowstorms yeah. hit. It's getting dark. I texted them. And yeah, yeah sure. The key's under the mat. <laughs> They're not there. It's <laughs> yeah. their holiday home. It's and awesome. That's so cool. Oh, my gosh. The generosity. Mm. And the thing is, is that they trusted me mm. because I was a fellow motor rider. Mm. You That's know, awesome. and I mean, so we had a conversation too. You can yeah. judge a person's character from a conversation Quite usually, yeah. but yeah. we, but we do as motor riders, we definitely do trust each other. There's a certain like type of person yeah. that goes out on their own and does this sort mm, of thing, mm, mm. and they, even not on their own. But um, they were generous enough to let me stay, and I ended up staying a few nights, and um, and then I was like fully energized to get back on my trip, headed awesome. uh, down the east coast from Vermont. Yeah. Um, but I never in a million years would have thought I would be driving in snow, and yeah. I can remember. That's the scariest moment of my whole trip. Oh, heck yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I have never ridden a motorcycle in the snow. A couple of friends of mine uh, were doing a cross-country trip. Uh, not cross-country. They're doing an adventure trail that's down in the center of New the North Island in the middle of winter. And there was snow up on the mountain. So they drove in their ute up to the mountain, got their bike off, and like did a skid on the... And then got it back on. I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> but riding through snow... It's my tires were just not nah, up for it. No. Nah. They have minimal... 
is it trad? Yeah. Yeah, minimal trad as it is. Yeah. And they were just yeah. patched with snow, so it was like riding on uh, just like slicks. Sl- yeah. Just slicks, yeah. 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 So I got all the way up my friend's driveway. There was this final, my friend, I just met this guy, but he yeah. is my friend now. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Charlie. Um, so we, I was driving up, I say we, me and the bike. My People would go, are you riding with someone? You keep no. saying we. I'm like, oh. yeah, man. The bike's a person too, the right? Yeah. Um, the last hill, up we go, and it's just too steep, and yeah. Off we go. So yeah. that was that. And I mm. had to bail once and that was it. Mm. And the windscreen snapped off and all the bits and pieces are flying everywhere. Yeah. Snow is bucketing down, but I've made it, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's the best place to do it. I mean, yeah. I knew yeah. I was just a minute away. So, yeah, yeah that that's, was... That's really impressive. And so you had to do kind of a mad dash because... Did you have a flight booked? I did. And because of COVID, it was not... I couldn't miss it because no. you've got to book the hotel, the quarantine managed quarantine hotel yeah. at the same time. So had I missed that flight, I would not be here right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you had um, done a lot of America and a lot of the United States in a long amount of time. And then yeah. that last bit, how many states would you have covered and at what time? Oh, so I really started feeling the pressure. I mean, Texas, I rolled into Dallas. I had a friend there. And that was when I was like... I have about, oh, like 96 hours to catch a flight from Texas and drop my bike off, get swap all my moto gear and put all my New Zealand gear, mm. rent a car, get myself to the airport, put everything into storage. I had a storage unit. So then I was like doing the maths and I was like, okay, you got to travel with a minimum of 400 miles a day, which is like 600 plus kilometers, a little more. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and it was freezing i was driving across the mountains and i had to cross over the rockies as well and i was like not just not equipped for it that is a long long day on a motorcycle day and i woke up to negative eight degrees in new mexico and i was i didn't here's one thing i never looked at topography didn't realize that when you go up mountains you're going to be really suffering with the cold up there happened to roll into new mexico right up uh in the mountains woke up to negative eight i had to wait until midday for it to get to zero yeah, before I could so ride. ride. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, I, I, the distance is a big thing. And um, when I was doing my small eight-day trip, we should have done it in no, well, we should have done it in like fifteen days. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. We were like, oh, what's four hundred kilometers in a day? Yeah. And bear in mind, we we're on small bikes, uh, like oh, yeah. my daily commuter, my Honda Wave, basically a hundred cc, and. We were waking up, and this is the, the temperatures there. It's getting to 35 degrees Celsius in the middle of the day. You're fully equipped with all your gear, and you can't stop. And you've got 400 k's to do. You're waking up at 6 a.m. in the morning, not finishing till five. By 11 o'clock in the morning, you're starting to feel fatigued. <laughs> yeah. And like, not it's not even lunchtime, and I'm like, oh, I'm yawning. What am I gonna do? And, yeah. and it was just stop and piling back little caffeine yes! drinks. Yes, that's what I yeah, lived on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five hour energy. Yeah. <laughs> Red Bull, all yeah. of it. The diet that you yeah. have on the road is everything atrocious. else is amazing. You have great experiences. Yeah. You meet amazing people. <laughs> you know, memories you'll never forget. The diet goes out the window. Forget Absolutely. it. You're gonna eat ramen noodles and energy drinks. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Good luck with that waistline. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's so cool. So, okay, you've done several incredible trips in different places around the world. Yep. Um, but now you're argu- uh, not arguably, you're in the best country in the world now. True. Shout out Aotearoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's New Zealand, Aotearoa. Uh, we live in an incredible place and uh, you're going to be riding around the whole country. Yeah, I'm home for a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Yes. So, of course, once I finished that trip, I was itching to be back on the road and I formulated the plan. I said, well, okay, calculate how much money do I have in the bank? Yeah. And my dad, oh, 
such a wonderful man. He messaged me and said I could use his bike. He's never let me use his bike before, but this America trip, I think, maybe built a bit of credibility yeah, okay. in the bank. So he yeah. said, you can take my bike. Um, I had the bike. I had a little bit of savings left over, and I thought, it's summer. Let's hit the road. Perfect time. North Island, South Island, Stewart Island. Mm. I'm going to do about a month. Uh, on each, on the North and the South Islands. You say that now. You say that now. It's going to be two months oh. later and you'll be like, well, I'm at Wellington, better go back. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> actually my track record. Yeah, yeah. So the reason that I actually, I have to stick to a schedule is I'm, I'm a wedding celebrant. So I'm marrying couples along the way. Okay. I've got old friends that have booked me in. I've got four weddings this summer and they're staggered month by month. So I actually have to be in places by certain times Yeah. Um, or people aren't going to get married. So no, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're kind of essential on this trip. That's yeah. awesome. That's so incredible. Yep. So New Zealand is uh, a relatively small country. Um, lengthwise, we're about the same length as Japan. We're a really, really small uh, country people-wise. Uh, there's a lot of wide, empty spaces. Uh, you've got a lot of coastal roads. Um, there is a lot of roads that are inland and stuff like that. But I think no place in New Zealand is more, in a straight line, than 130 kilometers from the ocean. So, our country's really narrow and long, and there's two main islands to it. So, it's going to be really interesting to see where you cover. And uh, the South Island in winter, traditionally really cold, but in summer, it's hotter than the North Island. Um, The hottest temperature I've ever had in New Zealand was 42 degrees in Darfield in the South Island in like January, February. Oh, okay. I'm saving the South till March. Yeah, good. Wise move, wise (laughs) move. So, it'll be a really incredible trip. And um, it's just so cool to see someone that is from the same area as me um, doing cool things. Uh, I will be out on the road just as much as you when the world allows. And I'm, I'm on the road here all the time, as everyone sees on my channel. Um, if you're watching this really recently after it's released, um, go and check out your channel. Is it called Kiwi Cruise? Kiwi Cruise on Instagram and on YouTube. I'm sort of editing longer episodes on there. Where I'm Lunch Cutter Productions. Lunch Cutter Productions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's been around for a very, very long time. That's what you were releasing stuff yeah. on when you were living overseas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. so cool. A little rap video. Is that your rap video from Saigon? <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. so cool. That went semi-viral. It did, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, I'll link that in the description if you want to check it out. Um, future plans after this you're gonna go back to the states right yeah yeah they have a a lot of great jobs New Zealand's so small that it's kind of a little hard to get into bigger industries so um I will go back there in April but um but yeah so for the next it's January now I've got until uh April I'm gonna be doing Mm. moto camping trip around New Zealand living in my tent doing all the islands and really I want to like interview Kiwis about what it means to live in our beautiful country absolutely people all around the world are in lockdown are stuck in their homes they're bored to tears. Yeah, 100%. They want to yeah. see what's happening. Yeah. And then I've got to get back to the States. So yeah. I'll have to get a job then. My yeah. God, people must That's be right. wondering, how are you doing this? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. If you live in a tent, yeah. it's yeah. pretty cheap and yeah. you eat ramen. And Nick, Nikki's <laughs> come on the scene last year with this motorcycle adventure um, to, a, to, a, to a much wider audience. Um, I've known you for a long time and before that you were working like and yes there'll be trips here and there yeah. but you were working full time yeah, non-stop yeah, yeah. for a few years yeah, so I actually was like, one of those corporate people with yeah. the laptops and things yeah, yeah you know desks and Ugh. offices yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to meetings and yeah. I said words that I still don't know what they mean yeah exactly so if people always wonder how do you make these trips happen it's just if you really 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 and I mean really want this to happen more than anything else it will happen it might not happen tomorrow um, but if you sit there and make a plan it, anything's possible um, and, and hearing about the way you rode through the middle of Mongolia just with the blue dot and following it <laughs> i've wondered because that's always been a thing for me i'd love to go to mongolia but you're riding in the middle of nowhere heck you know and people will watch this channel and think oh well he's 
done random trips all over the show, speaks another language to other people, and done. I have, but riding bikes by yourself can still be scary. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm some god of motorcycling because I'm heck, heck no. You know, I'm yeah. just getting into it. This is this is the 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 beginning of my motorcycling career, you could say. Heck um, yeah. And and as long as I can stand up, I'll be riding. So that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's so oh, that's cool. It's so cool to have you here and talk about this, and and for me to learn a lot more about your. Uh, motorcycle life that I've always wondered because we just you. talk online all the time but you know what it's yeah. like you send a couple of messages really intently and then one of you will get just, <laughs> yeah oh, I've got to go somewhere do something different time zones and then it'll be like two weeks three weeks months yeah. and it doesn't matter it, it picks up where it left off but it's so cool to sit down face to face and have this chat with you and I hope uh, you've enjoyed this I'll be doing more like this with other interesting people because there's a lot of them in New Zealand uh, and the world likes what we do what Kiwis do yeah. um, our attitude's unique and there's not much that we won't do. Yeah. Maybe we just need to have a couple of beers first. No, I mean, we're already off that. <laughs> Absolutely. Aww. Thank you so much. I'm going to turn the God. camera off now and we can be normal people. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Shout out to Fomers. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for watching. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Awesome. This is so cool. Brilliant yarn, brilliant yarn, good chat, good chat. Uh, this is Kiwi Rider Podcast, thank you very much for listening. As I said earlier in the podcast, myself and Matt, we're away recording episodes for our new series, which is the Great Rides of New Zealand series. Thanks very much to Motomuck bringing it to you. Motomuck, the true no-elbow-grease cleaner. Uh, so head to motormark.co.nz to get yourself some of that fantastic cleaner or just uh, have a chat to your local motorcycle retailer. Uh, it, 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 spray it on. Leave it for 5 to 10 minutes and pressure spray it off. Your bike is clean, done and dusted. Uh, it's so easy and it's so good and I highly recommend it and we'll be releasing a video of how well it worked on our bikes in the near future. Next week we kick off the Great Rides of New Zealand series. Uh, we're kicking it off with the Forgotten World Highway, the 40 second traverse and Fisher's Track. More info next week. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. If you want to get hold of us, email us podcast at kiwirider.co.nz or connect with us on Facebook or Instagram as well. I've been Ray. He's been Cullum. Matt will be joining us next week as well. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. Kiwi Rider.